This newsletter was published on the 22nd of December. The prompt is read by me, Rhiannon Joyce, and the response was written by Michael Sun and read by Chelsea Srinivasan. I had a panic attack in front of my closest friends and now they don't speak to me anymore. This year, my friends and I went away for the weekend. At the time of the trip, I was incredibly stressed and anxious because I felt like I was losing my dream job. I was hesitant to go on the trip, knowing that they would want to drink and have fun and all I wanted to do was wallow in self-pity. I decided to go because for the last year, I had been living an hour's flight away from them and hadn't seen them in a while. Also, I figured it would be good to have a change of scenery and could be a good distraction. The first night was fine. I was so tired. I went to bed early while they continued to enjoy themselves. The next day though, I woke up and felt like I was crashing. I was struggling. The group wanted to go to a winery so I tagged along because I figured staying at the house alone would be a lot worse. The winery was sensory overload though and I started to feel super overwhelmed. By this point, if my friends had caught on to how I was feeling, they didn't mention it. Hiding behind my big sunglasses and sitting down to lunch, I began to crumble. I stood up and told them I thought I was having a panic attack and took cover in the bathrooms. I was so embarrassed, exhausted and violently ill that I just wanted to be somewhere alone and quiet. Eventually, I came out and told my friends I was struggling and needed to go home. Leaving made me feel worse because I let them down, ruined their weekend and couldn't have fun. They all told me to feel better and that it was fine. I drove nearly four hours home, sobbing and screaming, having to pull over constantly because I couldn't focus. When I finally made it home, I sent my friends a message to tell them that I was home safe. I was sorry and to enjoy the rest of their trip. After that, I never heard from them. I sent them their respective birthday messages over the ensuing months and they never replied. I sent them Christmas cards and heard nothing. These were my incredibly close friends who saw me in a horrible moment and then I heard nothing. Had you asked me before this trip about these friends, I would have told you they were future bridesmaids. I'm completely torn about whether I should keep trying to reach out or if the friendship has just come to an end. Should I let it go or do I keep hanging on? Dear reader, I won't mince words. These are not your friends. Apologies for being so blunt, but from the tone of your last sentence, I believe you already know this. You describe your relationship with this group as a form of hanging on, clinging perhaps to something that no longer exists. You're dangling precariously off the side of a mountain, feet swinging in the air, grabbing on for dear life. Instead of hoisting you up, your friends or former friends have departed. They've decided it's too hard, too inconvenient. They've left you alone with no support. Sooner or later, your hands are going to give. You can't hang on forever. I say this with absolute certainty because it has been months, at the very least, since you've had any form of contact with these people. Multiple birthdays have come and gone, an entire Christmas has elapsed. You've reached out again and again, only to be met with radio silence. Imagine if a romantic partner did the same thing, over the same protracted time frame. We wouldn't hesitate to call it ghosting and sever all ties. Imagine if a co-worker or even a casual acquaintance ignored all our messages for months. We'd definitely be rethinking our relationship, or probably putting in a little less effort in the future. Of course, a friend is different from a partner, a colleague or an acquaintance. They occupy a unique position in our lives. We give so much of ourselves to a close friend, and yet we often expect less from them than we do a lover. There's a leeway we give our friends because we understand that life is messy, and sometimes other things take precedence over our friendship. That understanding, though, must be predicated on a genuine two-way care. From the way you speak about them, I know you still care for your friends. You hope there might be a future there, 
but they haven't afforded the same level of consideration. The triple way is proof enough. At a moment when you desperately needed support, you were met with a complete absence of care. You expressed that you were struggling and not one person checked in to see how you were feeling. Not even a cursory message. You mentioned that you let your friends down, but reader, they let you down. I know this is a tough truth to swallow. A friendship breakup, like any breakup, forces us to confront certain realities. Did we view the relationship completely differently from the other party or parties? Did we have rose-tinted glasses on the entire time? In this situation, I'm afraid the answer may have been yes. This group was so important to you that you considered them future bridesmaids, and yet they've shown you again and again that they don't value you in the same way. Here, I'll turn to one of my favourite writers, the New Yorker critic Huao Xu, Stories about love, he writes, offer models for how you might commit to another person. Stories about friendship are usually about how you might commit to life. Holding on to former friends prevents you committing fully to life. It makes your world a little dimmer because you spend too much time preoccupied with people who don't show up. There is real grief attached to losing friends. Whether that happens because of distance, time or sheer inattention, let yourself grieve. But remember, there are others in your life who do love you, who do have time for you. Those relationships are the ones you should be tending to. You deserve it. With love, Michael. Hi guys, Shameless Media's video producer Charlotte here. I'm abruptly popping up at the end of this episode to tell you about a new series I've been working on called The Tastemakers. It lives on the Shameless Book Club feed and the series explores the inspiration and motivation of Australia's most trusted tastemakers. Hosted by the wonderful Gemma Diamond and spanning across six episodes, we'll hear about everything from beauty to lifestyle and food. One of my favourite episodes to film was with Maggie Zhao. She's such a bookworm and she offered up some really interesting in-depth insights that I really loved. It's so good to see Gemma and Maggie sit down and talk about books and they just had such a fantastic chemistry on the day that when we were shooting, I just knew that this was a good episode. Oh my God. So do you know how we talk about social media and it's like, yeah, like an overnight success, like this person, you know, overnight literally gained a million followers, right? So yeah. think of that and now think of the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> and that is me. Tastemakers is made for anybody who is looking for a slice of inspiration from influential women who are ready to offer up their expertise. Search for The Shameless Book Club in your favourite podcast app now, have a listen and make sure to click follow so you don't miss your next favourite episode.